Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Saying the Tone, an ER retrospective, the show where we do a chronological breakdown of every episode of our favorite TV medical drama. My name is Elizabeth and joining me today as always are Lauren. It can't have been two years already. And Daniel. Hey. Time moves, time slows for no man, I think is that the, is that the phrase? I don't think so. I prefer the phrase time has no meaning. Yeah, yeah. time just, just generally has no meaning anyway, but, but today... We're going to be discussing Season 5, Episode 9, which is titled Good Luck, Ruth Johnson. I don't know, almost fucked that up. The uh, episode aired on December 10th, 1998. Lauren, what was going on that week 23 years ago? Well, first I'd like to remind all of our listeners that while I read our headlines, Dearest Elizabeth is the one who editorializes them. So with that, (laughs) let's go ahead. Uh, Oil company Exxon announces a $73.7 billion deal to buy mobile, creating ExxonMobil, one of the world's largest companies. Hugo Chavez is elected president of Venezuela, and here's where it gets spicy, folks. A Bug's Life, the superior animated ant-based movie about how unionization is good, actually, and starring Dave Foley, Kevin Spacey, and Julia Louise Dreyfus is your number one movie this week. And I'm Your Angel by convicted pedophile R. Kelly and Canadian national treasure Celine Dion is the number one song this week. Thank you, Lizzie, for putting those words in my mouth. <laughs> I'm just I'm just stating the facts. The man was convicted this week. That that might be the spiciest collection of uh, headlines we've ever had on any episode. And it's fitting that it's the hundredth one because holy crap, like not a single one of those headlines doesn't have like a little tiny bit of controversy attached to it. Wow. The world's like the world's worst one. Arguably the world's worst company. I don't know that much about Hugo Chavez, but I'm assuming that I've just, heard the name before. So I'm he's, assuming he's, he's a important. controversial figure. We'll put it that way. Yeah. A Bug's Life is, in fact, the superior animated movie, ant-based movie. And it it's is. so good. It, un- it unfortunately co-stars Kevin Spacey, but uh, it, it is still a great movie. And it's definitely my favorite bug-based movie. And the less said about R. Kelly, the better. I was very disappointed to find, when I went to go update the uh, playlist this week, I was very disappointed to find that you can still add his music on Spotify. Like, really? We, do we... I mean, they're not going to... Yeah, they're, they're not gonna. They're not gonna take that that music off. But it's like, do, I, I just, I guess I don't know enough about you know who holds the rights, how they yeah, will, no, I mean, who's no. getting the money for that. Like, I just don't want any more money going to him. If it's going yeah. to his record company, I suppose that's one thing. But it's it's a whole thing. Licensing gets real complex when you get to it at that level. Yeah. And who's got the masters? Who's got the publishing rights? If Michael Jackson stuff's still gonna be streamable for true. eternity then r kelly's got nothing to worry about well he's got a lot of things to worry and about, it also depends who, doesn't have that to worry it about. also depends who's credited as the songwriter on everything it's a whole thing it's i went to college thing. for it and i barely remember it let's go ahead daniel what else was on what else was on that evening at 8 p.m friends with the episode the one with ross's sandwich at 8 30 jesse with the episode barco the holiest dog in the world at 9 p.m frazier the episode Roz alone I added the question mark in there myself. And it's not alone, like, by yourself. It's a space, two words, a loan. Not sure what's going on there. Maybe in six years when Lauren gets there on her Frasier rewatch, she can update me on what happened in this episode. I'm going to guess Rod's made a stupid financial choice and they have to give her a loan. I'll take it. I'll take it as gospel. At 9.30 p.m., Veronica's Closet with the episode Veronica's Cheating Partners. This week's episode had 29.97, pretty much as close to 30 million as you can get without being over 30 million. So uh, close. Yeah, so close. We're A couple more weeks and they'll be back over that 30 mil threshold. 
29.97 million viewers tuning in. This week's episode is directed by Rod Holcomb, possibly the most special of all the special directors uh, that have come and gone over the years. He, of course, directed uh, the pilot episode, 24 Hours. In 10 years' time, he will direct the series finale. Uh, he also, this is his fourth out of six episodes, and of course, with this being the 100th episode, which we'll get to in a moment, um, makes sense that they would want to, you know, this is definitely a show that respects its own kind of lineage and wants to note those special moments. So he's doing his fourth out of six. This is the first time we have seen him since Last Call, which, if you'll remember, was the uh, Clooney brings in a dead lady uh, episode. Yep, uh, just just the one I need to be reminded of right now. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's okay. Uh, and this week's episode is written by Lydia Woodward doing her 17th out of 27. Uh, and previous one of hers we talked about this season was the uh, se- uh, season premiere day for night. And we've got a couple of notes to get to uh, before we get into the episode proper. But the biggest one, as Lizzie mentioned at the top, this is our 100th episode. Holy shit. How have we yeah. done this a hundred times? We can be syndicated now. Woo! Hundredth regular episode, yes, I should know. That's fair, yeah. Hundredth regular. So, I, I did not count to see if you add in all the interviews and all the wrap-ups and all the bonus crap on Patreon. We've clearly done this a bunch, but this is the, just like the show, this is our hundredth anniversary, hundredth episode, whatever you want to call it. Hundredth anniversary? Well, it's that. that's the way they chose to mark their hundredth episode was with a hundredth anniversary which i thought was a, a cute Got little tie-in oh but, I didn't, honestly i didn't even think about that this is this is the yosh was gay of this yep. episode like this oh <laughs> shut up that was apparently a bigger deal to some of our listeners but it was yeah. it was uh but a couple other interesting notes apparently this was the episode of cut storylines and i was very interested to hear about this some of these are really interesting um the the biggest one is apparently uh, E-Ray was due to return this episode as a patient, but his storyline had to be cut due to time, uh, which I think sucks because we never get to see any more of E-Ray after he disappears uh, into the night at the end of season three. And I think it would have been really cool to see whatever kind of weird, wacky shit they had him coming back as a patient for in this episode. I would have been very interested to see that. Um, but there was also another storyline that was cut due to time uh, that involved Genie having a teenage patient changing a Vicodin prescription from four up to 40 tablets and part of this storyline would get reconstructed and used later on in the season so this one's not a complete loss we will get that one later on that also sounds like when uh when doug's dad's doug's yes girlfriend yes that one as well yeah i think that was and i love that and i love that that statement made sense to everybody because of how (laughs) fucked up this show is yeah a little bit a little bit but yeah a lot going on let's play is it the pills or is it the writing this week's game Ah. also listeners i'm sure if you follow me on twitter you've heard about this by now but bear with me i'm gonna be a little bit of a spaceship tonight we're in for some spicy fun content for everybody um we're starting off with previously on er brought to us by carol um there is a drunk singing hundred bottles of beer on the wall much to jerry and lydia's chagrin and Halei goes, so you don't mind that he's loud and smells bad, just that he can't sing the song right? Because yeah, he never goes below 100. He keeps going back up to 100 again. <laughs> um, and then as they're walking away, Lydia starts singing it and humming it. And I originally thought this was going to be a through line for the episode, because again, I was mixing it up with another episode like I do. And I was thinking of, like, I think it's an earlier season episode where the guy is in singing something and eventually the whole 
ER starts humming it from mm-hmm. start to finish. It's the rabbit guy. That's what yep. I was thinking of. So I mixed this up with that, and I was like, we're just going to hear 100 bottles the whole episode. <laughs> we don't, but. But uh, we go over to Carol's house, I guess. Uh, Carol's wakes Mark up from a room that looks like it's having repairs done. Turns So Carol's house isn't fully finished. Is what but I love gathering. that, though. I, lo- I love that they keep the continuity that Carol's... You, you can mark the passage of time by how fucked up Carol's house is. Right. Yeah. And it's I, getting better. And I noted it because at first we think maybe she's just waking him up in the on-call room, but then we see all yeah, the construction stuff. It's really cool because, again, this being the 100th episode, there's lots of those little tiny notes to the where we've been and where we're going kind of stuff, and, and it's almost a shot, like, perfect transparent shot of the, the first scene of the first episode. So I kind of I like that. Uh but Mark's doing the, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, um, there's some good ASMR for your headphones. Uh, uh, but then Doug comes in next and tries to wake him up. And then when that doesn't work, uh, Doug uses an air horn. That seems like a very Doug and Mark thing to have happen. Why does Doug have an air horn? Why doesn't Doug have he an said, air horn? He claims he uses it for Carol every morning, which ha- being married to someone who's very hard to wake up, I kind of get it. Like, I kind of get where he's coming from. An air horn might be an investment I need to make. See, at least with Lauren, she's awake, but she just doesn't want to get out of bed. She doesn't, like, keep falling back asleep. <laughs> just add her, why don't you? It's fine. Every week, this, every day this week, I've had my alarm set for my normal 640... 640- 6.45 and haven't crawled out of bed until 7.50 when I absolutely have to think about clocking on to work. You love to see it. Ain't great, fam. So we go back to the ER where uh, Maggie Doyle still alive, still with us. She's Our girl's hanging in there, just barely. Uh, she gives our 100 bottles of beer guy two migs of Ativan to hopefully knock him out. She seems pretty confident about this. Jerry and Lydia less so. Uh, we will find out what happens with him. Uh, and then Mark, going back to Carol's house, Mark runs downstairs uh, from presumably Carol's guest room and notes that the reason why he had to be out of his building was that they were removing asbestos from his building. Yikes. I imagine that's probably a big problem in Chicago with all those old buildings. Probably a lot of asbestos abatement that has yeah, to be, be done. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Doug trying to be nosy about uh, a date that supposedly Mark went on the night before, which Carol Ooh. immediately cuts him off and is like, no, you will not. You will leave him alone. It's a, <laughs> now. As always, I love the trio of them. They're yes. so good together. Uh, then we go back. Singing guy is still humming. Halle, Lydia, and Jerry are all watching him in absolute shock. So Doyle gives him another four migs before she leaves for the day. Bye, Doyle. That's all we see of you today <laughs> until the very end. Um, Carrie is now screaming for Carter to get up from the basement. And she goes, I am not your mother. (laughs) And Carter asks um, if Roxanne set the alarm, but Roxanne is not in bed. Hmm. Hmm. And as we go to the admit desk, we learn that Mark went out to dinner with Amanda Lee to help her get settled in. And Doug is convinced it was a date. Ooh la la. But uh, turns out Roxanne wasn't in bed because she was up to talking to Carrie about finance stuff. Because of course she is. She's right. just, she lives the brand. She lives the lifestyle. <laughs> she, she wears the setting the tone t-shirt they, when she works out. <laughs> Rude. They they changed her from insurance early on to finance. Did you guys notice that, right? They did, yeah. Which they did make note of that, but I, I like that they... Uh, that was clearly a creative choice where they were like, uh, she makes more sense as a financial salesman than an insurance salesman. So let's change it. I like that. They at least respected the audience enough to make that change a part of her dialogue. The little bit of dialogue that she's had so far that matters. Yeah. 
She's got to go off and sleep with Happy Gilmore. Um, <laughs> but uh, Cherry. Oh what? my God, you're right. Yeah. Is that her? Yes, yeah. that is her. I'm pretty sure we talked about this back in, in you the premiere. Pro- we probably did, but I care so little about Roxanne that I obviously just washed it out. That's fair. <laughs> Fuck. I gotta go listen to our own show. She's Jesus. hot white blonde. 90s hot white blonde. That's about her that is her brand. on this show. Um, and she plays it very well. Um, they all have to walk to the train because all because their cars are dead because it's cold? Is that what? I guess. It's... Are we in the winter? We're not like that it's, deep into it's winter. December. The, like we're they mentioned holiday in this episode. Like we're and not we're snow. not at the Christmas episode just yet. It doesn't get like we, we get February cold in. It gets colder, but it doesn't get like uh, polar vortex kill you, uh, kill your car and your will to live cold. <laughs> usually until January or February. Um, but Jerry waves to Amanda. She's walking around with Holly and Lydia and. He do, apparently he does the live long and prosper wave. We talked about it. Yeah, you and I when we watched. So oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was like he did the Spock wave. Yeah, <laughs> or at least I couldn't see the thumb. That's why yeah, I was confused. He, he did the... But at least he did the the two fingers. I don't know. Well, maybe she is an alien. That's that's her plot twist. There, there you go. And we go into our intro in with bangs. Uh, what are we now? Nine for nine this season with bangs. I believe yep. uh, another listener who is not Michelle. Uh, clued me in that uh, the twinkles are coming back in uh, I just forgot the episode number but it is like a couple of more after this like I, I want to say it's like 12 or 13 Soon. so we're getting close um, we come out of the intro and uh, Amanda Lee's asking Mark and Carrie if they have a moment mentions the snow uh, thanks Mark for dinner the night before to which Carrie makes a little face she also grabs Carter in, and they mention the uh, 100th anniversary of the hospital and a Ruth Johnson being born in the ER exactly 100 years ago. Uh, and so um, she nominates Carter to give Ruth and her family a tour of the hospital because there was a mix-up with press scheduling. And uh, Carter tries to beg off of it, but once Carrie points out that he's not really up to 100% with his arm from last episode, he's kind of, like, resigned to his fate. So, uh after everybody kind of breaks off, Carrie admires uh, Amanda's delivery of bad news, which is such an on-brand Carrie thing to notice. Like she's like, "You're really good at ruining people's day." Like, yeah, she's like, she's like, she really lines it up and knocks it out of the park, doesn't she? <laughs> I love how much they're leaning into the uh, the heel aspects of mm-hmm. Carrie as a character this season. Like they're 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 even letting her in on the joke, and I'm happy with that. Um, we hear that Lucy is working with Doug today, and of course, as I mentioned, Carter's shoulder is still fucked up, and we really don't see hardly any of Lucy this episode. No, um, it's really, I think it's just like, like this one little clip that we come up to next. Yeah, like Lucy is barely in this episode at all, so. Which takes us to Doug and Lucy are working on this bratty-ass kid who's a pain in the butt. Lauren hates children. Um, <laughs> and the kid's like, don't touch me. I don't want that. What are you doing? Why are you over here? Four more words than he actually said, probably. And Doug's like, you've got this, Lucy. I got to go check on something. You're good. And the mom's like, I can hold him down if you want while you do this. We do this all the time. And then the mom just pins him down so Lucy can examine him. And it's just like, wow, there's several layers there. But Lucy's performance, and this is great, she's just so like, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? I like to think that she's basically trapped with this one problem child the entire episode, and that's why we don't see her. Like, she's just wrestling this one kid down. I think that would be fair. Um, well, it's no, it's because Carter's off doing other things, yeah. so only Carter can yell at her. That's right. 
So, and obviously her character so far is based around people yelling at her. So she yep. can't have any good learning experiences with Doug. No, exactly. He's not Carter to yell at her. Um, but from there, we find out Doug was pulled away because there was a little boy hit by a car. His name is Wilson. He is eight years old. And um, he's talking about some guy chasing him and his friend Andy in the park. And there is another kid brought in, presumably Andy, eight years old with a gunshot wound to his abdomen. Oof. Oofta. Uh, Wilson here is played by actor Jesse James, not the outlaw or the uh, white supremacist tattoo artist. Um, he, <laughs> there's a whole lot going on there. There's a whole lot going on there. Um, he appeared in stuff like um, As Good As It Gets, which I cannot stress enough is not Something's Gotta Give, uh, The Butterfly Effect, uh, and Pearl Harbor. Yes, that was it's a, an eclectic movie just, resume. Yeah, yeah, you know. Pearl Harbor was... God, ugh, what a bad movie! Remember when we let Josh Hartnett happen as a society? Remember when we remember when we were like, yeah, him. He seems like a movie star. Remember, I think it was that him. Yeah, like when he was good for like two in the like the two scenes he's in in, in Sin City. <sighs> it was that's honestly all I remember from him. I've never seen like oh, I mean, I've yeah. probably seen other movies with him in it, but like Pearl Harbor that's is that's the only ones that the that one and ju- only movie. Jut out. Yeah, Pearl Harbor is the one and only movie that jumps to the front of my mind whenever somebody says the name Josh Hartnett. Other than I know he did other things, but God help me if I could think of any of them because they don't matter. Ugh. Um, anyway, let's go up to the OR floor, or maybe not the, the OR floor. I don't know where the hell this is in the hospital. Geography doesn't matter, nor nor does time. But uh, Corday's up in the library studying, uh, so let's listen to her. Hey. Hi. Uh, pre-op labs are back on the gallbladder. Lap Coley scheduled for this afternoon. We're still waiting on the films for the ischemic bowel, and the aortobifemoral bypass went south with pneumonia ten days post-op. Yeah, I know. I uh, spoke to the family. Uh, What's this? You prepping for your M&M? Yeah, patient's heart rate, blood pressure, pulse ox, time of magnesium injection, central line placed, pacemaker captured. After witnessing your M&M on Dr. Swanson last year, I thought it best to be well prepared. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to go like that. Neither do I, but... You know... Dr. uh, Benton, Dr. Kotlowitz was looking for you. The Shimaharas are here. Oh, damn. Okay, um... I'll be right there, Shirley. Carlos is putting a cochlear implant into a three-year-old. I gotta go and uh, observe. Never seen one. Yeah, well, neither have I. Listen, if you need somebody to bounce that stuff off of, I... Oh, Peter, Peter, go. I'm busy, and uh, you've got work to do as well. I'll be there, Elizabeth. Yeah, you will. Thanks. That's Dennis Miller doppelganger. Dr. Kotlowitz to you, please. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess. I guess so. At this time, anyway. Again, I love every time we get Shirley. Just just little little pieces of her Shirley in there. So good. She probably thinks I'm a psychopath on Twitter because I like so many of her tweets. (laughs) But I'm just like, be my friend. She's She's just a fan. She's She's so good. She's such a nice lady, too. I love her so much. Um, So authentic. But yeah, another Eminem. Also... I wasn't here this week when we watched this because, again, Lauren has forgotten an episode we've just watched. <laughs> I watched this, and the, the I guess, Wilson, you guys would consider that the A-line for this episode, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, would would Ruth be the B-line, and this would be the C-plot? Yeah. Let's call Ruth, right. like, 1A. Yeah. This, this but, is one of those so kind I'm of just, rotational episodes where it kind of, yeah. everything takes turns I'm, being the A-plot. I'm just saying, I was so 
absorbed with the Wilson stuff by the end of this episode, I completely forgot about the M&M that <laughs> happens. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, when we when we got to this part of the notes, I was like, oh, yeah, that does happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that other thing happens. Shit. Guys, we can't have me watch on new meds. We it, can't do this. <laughs> it's okay. My brain is just, I'm, my brain is reserving all of its power now to just not scream out scream out the name Wilson. Yep. Like I'm Tom Hanks at, at the end of Castaway. Like we did during the actual episode. Well, so well you might have anyway. a you, you might have a reason I didn't do to, it loudly. You though. might have a reason to do that in just a moment. So keep that in the back of your mind. It may come up. Uh but I have an audio clip where I want to be like no where I want nothing to do with Wilson, but that's <sighs> the we'll, get there. So we'll get there. But yeah, this is a very dense episode. There's a lot going on in this episode, but not it's it's in a different way than last week's episode where we were doing Last week's episode Last week was frenetic. Yeah. This one is just dense. Yeah, very dense. But yeah, so we go from there back down to the trauma rooms where we have another kid brought in, uh, presumably Andy, uh, with no pulse. Uh, uh, Amanda Lee and Carrie are working on this trauma. Uh, he was unconscious from the get-go. Sounds like he's been down and in asystole for going on close to 30 minutes. Not great. He did. Uh, we get a brief appearance of Reggie uh, talking to Carol in the hallway, saying that they need to speak to Wilson about what happened. Uh, one and only time we see Reggie this episode, so we don't really get anything out of that. Uh, trying really hard not to yell at every single time. And, every time you see the name. And Wilson is yelling for Andy across the trauma room. Andy. Yeah. <sighs> um, I'm sorry. Just brief editor's note here. Re-last episode. Watched it again. Still didn't care. I have no soul. Carry on. <laughs> I told you I guys that I would. I a long time ago. I told you guys that I would. A listener actually told me I have no soul because I told him I rewatched it and still didn't like it. Uh, yep. Just, just I got nothing. Just so I just I promised I would rewatch it and tell y'all what I thought, and I just remembered. Still didn't care. What happens next? Uh, Carter tries to get past Shirley to tell Anspa that he can't do the tour with no luck, so he goes to meet Ruth Johnson, who is played by uh, Anne Petoniak, uh, who was uh, who is a legitimate old. Uh, so good for them <laughs> for getting a, getting a, getting an actual old person to play the hundred year old woman. Uh, she was in stuff like Unfaithful, The Survivors, and Hiding Out, and passed away, unfortunately, as you might imagine, given her age in this episode. Although she was not 100. She was, like, in her 70s, I think. Um, but she passed away in 2007. So Ah, such is the way of life. But uh, all her family is there, and one specific person that we called out. Oh, yeah, her daughter Gilda, who will become important at towards the end of the episode played by actress Vivica Davis. And here it is, Lizzie, here's your one and only opportunity to scream out Wilson because Vivica here makes a brief appearance in the film Castaway. Wilson. I love that movie. Unironically. It is such a good movie. It's so good. Cause it's, it's like 75% just him by himself. Okay. Yeah. But here's the question. Is it a white people good movie or is it an actually good movie? Ooh, I don't know. Let's pull the audience. Ooh. To, like, to... Cause it's, I'm just saying, there's a tendency that, like, you know, we we think potato salad is spicy. <laughs> we think Castaway is good. We don't know how to use salt and pepper. Uh, um, is Castaway actually a good is, movie, or is it white people good? Wow. I'm going to call us out on our shit right wow, now. Wow, okay. I love Castaway. I will unapologetically love Castaway. But... I did not ever think of Castaway in a racial context 
I don't, ever. I don't think it's. I don't think she's moments. saying it in a purely racial context so much as it's just like, like she said, like white people sometimes like stuff that sucks. Uh, like uh, uh, I'm gonna say another one. Sweet Caroline, don't stop believing. Yeah, sweet. I sweet rest Caroline's my case. Pretty terrible. I don't know. But you know what I mean. There are certain songs. There, no, there are certain movies that you put on and they're bangers. I know. I'm really, for, I'm really for, trying to think of an example of like a white, a, a white people movie. Forrest Gump. Yeah, that's a good one. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at Lauren. Like new meds and all, uh, cutting right to the quick. Like just going right for it. Like you want to? Uh, let's get weird. Uh, Field of Dreams. Or is that just a dad That's movie? That's not fair. White, you know how I people... feel about that. That's not fair. <laughs> Daniel, what did I just watch like three weeks ago? I get well, it. Well, I know, but I like it. you don't have to like at me that hard right off the bat. Because you are white and a dad friend. I was, so I get I was it. with you on Forrest Gump, and then you just had to turn around and betray me. Well, I called out one of Lizzie's favorites. I had to call out one of your favorites, too. So, <sighs> so this, this is our deep question for the episode, guys. <laughs> white people movies? Question mark? Wow. Let us know what you think in the comments. Um, or, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but uh, Ruth Johnson is, we have declared her sassy and we love her. Yep. She's the kind of old I want to be. Well, I mean, she's pretty much on brand for Lauren Old, like because she spends the rest of the episode in and out of consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> they keep finding her passed I, out. Did, the possuming thing's a little bit later, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um... But I'm just gonna say, yeah, that's on brand. That's that's one of the anxiety responses I'm working on with my therapist is not just possuming for everything. So yep. Um, but then from there, the cop, I think this is Reggie, says that Andy's mom and the mom's boyfriend are here. Still no luck getting w- Wilson's family in because he his family is out of town. Um, Carol goes and has a little chat with Wilson to try and comfort him and make him feel better because he's all by himself. And she comes in, and and, and uh, Wilson's just a little distracted, and he's like, oh, you know, Andy can have that bed over there. This will be so cool. We can room together. Ugh. And um, Carol's going to try and get some more information out of him, because if they can get more information, they can maybe catch the guy who shot Andy and was chasing Wilson. And then uh, Lizzie sees Carter in the elevator full of family, and they have a cute little laugh, because she's like, wow, your day's real special. I want to point out that there are entirely too many people in that elevator that has to be violating some kind of fire code or like weight limit on that elevator. Like there are, I mean, it's no, a, it's a weight are... limit at a hospital. Cause so they I, have, sorry, so you probably would want to have more heavy duty elevators. Yeah. They usually so. have the larger elevators for all the gurneys and stuff. It's too many people. So I'm just thinking like the Northwestern, uh, transport elevators that they use to take you between the buildings. Oh yeah. Where they're the huge ones. So not entirely unheard of, but usually they're kind of a that whole only situation. that whole tunnel system is that's so terrifying. <laughs> it's remember... it's uh, liminal space. Is that what it's yeah. called? Yes. Yeah. Space between space. Yeah. Yeah. It's a liminal space for sure. Like when I was getting wheeled after my back surgery. Yeah. Same. And I was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. After my neck surgery, <laughs> I was in I was in this pavilion, and then I had surgery, and now I'm in this one. I. Yeah, it's so weird. It was yeah, I was still high from the drug <laughs> from good drugs because I was right after surgery. I think I was awake by then. But yeah, so enough about our drugs. What happens to Lizzie by the elevator? Ugh. <laughs> so in case you didn't hate Romano enough, you can add pervert to, <laughs> to the list of things. Cause uh, he runs into Corday and says, "Oh yeah, for the M M&M, and M, I'm on your side." And gives her the most awkward hug that's a little too long. 
and just Corday has like the most weird like what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck is going on here? She Look. she freezes. It's, yeah, it's fighter. Yeah. What is she it? Fight or flight or freeze? Catatonic. Like, she's just... Ugh. I want you to know I got really excited this week because on one of the eight ER discords I'm a member of, they posted a gif of this, and I was like, I know exactly what episode <laughs> that's from because we just watched it, you guys. Oh, God. Just I... Also, shout shout out to that discord. Y'all make my day. <laughs> yeah, and, and can I get off restricted status? What do I need to do to get off restricted status? I was directly... Daniel... Daniel, I will walk you through after the recording how to how to comment on Let their rules in. and Let me their, in. Rules and re- their rules and regulations page, and then you will be off restricted status. Daniel doesn't know how to use technology. It's it. fine. I just it's okay. I'm not even on the Discord no, anyway. You can they, add me if you really want. Well, to, they know but... I'm going to tell you everything, so eh. they don't need to. It's the same reason nobody tags you on the Facebook because they know I'll just tell you. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook like only for Messenger. This pretty much this whole sequence made me uh, made my skin crawl so hard I became like a snake like I wanted to shed my skin <laughs> like it was just like <laughs> like yeah like he's always on, he's always awful but now he's graduated to like creepy awful and I'm not a fan <laughs> I have made Lauren lose her shit I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Go back about your business. It's fine. Uh, so then we find out Wilson's parents are coming in from Dallas. And we see Carol ta- seeing a detective uh, in talking with Wilson. So she goes in to sit with him while he's being questioned. Uh, we find out that of Andy, as we might imagine, died from his gunshot wound. And so this detective is trying to get details on the guy that was chasing them. Uh, and our detective here is a definite, oh, hey, it's that guy. Did you clock him, Lizzie? I figured you might. I didn't. He's from one of your favorites. Uh, he was in Terminator 2, which uh, more on that in a bit. Uh, but he was also in Air Force One, where he was. Get off my plane. He was the turncoat evil uh, Secret Service agent. The one who gets. Um, fuck. Commissioner Gordon. What's. Gary Oldman. Gary, I was he, like, Gary, I thought Gary Oldman was like the head of the. Well, he was, but they had an inside guy in the Secret Service, and that was this guy. Ah, uh, okay. I have not seen that movie in probably. Oh, I, re- I rewatched it on the 4th of July this year, like a damn good American. Not quite a decade. Probably, probably the last time I was living, still living with my parents, and I could actually just flip on TNT. I've never seen it. Oh, my it's God. A, it's, it's a good, such a dad movie. Yeah, it's such a. But like a good, dumb action dad movie. Because like, it's never boring, but it, yeah, it's 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 of the dad persuasion for sure. Of the dad varietal. Yeah, but yeah, this guy uh, is a definite oh hey it's that guy for me for sure. Uh, Terminator Two, he plays a uh, he plays John Connor's uh, scumbag stepdad. Which stay tuned because in a matter of moments we will get uh, John Connor's scumbag stepmom from Terminator Two in an unrelated role. Uh, so. Stay tuned for that. Uh, he was also in Shanghai. Lost the parents are dead. He was also in Shanghai Noon, which is a completely forgettable movie, and the less said about it, the better. Jackie well, Chan. Right. I'm just going to be over here spouting movie lines this entire episode. <laughs> All right. Let's go to another audio clip. Uh, Anspa and Carter are talking about the tour. You haven't gotten off the surgical floor yet? We're back on the surgical floor. It's their favorite. They'd like to observe an operation, if that's at all possible. Something in the open heart variety. Oh, settle down now, Carter. This won't kill you. Is uh, she, you know, uh, pretty well out of it? No, not at all. She just 
has a tendency to doze off. Unannounced. Right. Well, carry on. I'm awake. Just playing possum. I'm sick of meeting people. Can we get out of here? I don't know where we'd all fit. Oh, not them. Us. Uh, it's just Lauren in a time warp. Like, we just aged Lauren up 60 years. Uh, she's almost younger than me in a lot of ways. <laughs> but is she, you know... She pretty well with it. Uh, I love that line, though. Is, is, she, is she, you know, pretty well out of it? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. She just has a tendency to fall asleep at random intervals. And I was like, oh, God, if that ain't Lauren. <laughs> She's with it. She's 100% with it. She is right there. One of the sharpest people I know. But she also has a tendency to fall asleep at random intervals. I'll, I'll, I'll be, you know, participating in our group chat. And then all of a sudden, I'll just be gone for an hour. Yep, and then come back and be like, damn, that was a nap. <laughs> Uh, Didn't mean for that to happen, but hey, guys, what did I miss? We love you, Lauren. Also, what the hell did you is this okay, you okay, have okay. listed here? Is everybody is everybody ready for more sign based content? Uh, because I got a good one this week. Um, so, and this is probably the most like a kind of politically charged uh, sign I've seen thus far, and it's also kind of the most blatant. Like they make no attempt whatsoever to make this look like just a hospital sign this is clearly just a fucking banner they put up on the wall because it's all in black it's a big black square and it's just white typeface there's no pictures on it there's no um vaguely medical bend to it it's just big white text on a black background and like it looks like meme text like that's how mm -hmm. that's how big it is and it's framed right directly between Anspa and Carter. So they want the camera to catch it. I don't know who had an axe to grind this week, but like somebody had a fucking axe to grind because it says in all capital letters, last year we gave $8 billion in military aid to countries that our undereducated children couldn't even find on a map. I can't even tell who this sign is mad at. Like, is it the military? <laughs> is it undereducated children? Like, who is this? I don't know is who it, it's mad at. Is it our... Is it our education system? Yeah, like it's a, is it? It's just a really is like it a Trumper who's saying America first. I have no idea. Like it's 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 such an angry sign and so like kind of like I said vaguely politically charged that I just it's not our usual sign fair, but I thought it was worth noting because like I said it was so uh, blatantly focused like they clearly wanted you to be able to see it. So I don't know what was up with that. If somebody could enlighten me on that i would love to know more oh i missed that and i'm so mad yeah once you once you go back and see it it's kind of like you know those pictures where it's like you know an elephant in the background and you never knew it but they just dressed it up with so much stuff like it, it's it's there the one of those that messes me up is it's like it's a bunch of guys playing basketball or whatever and you're focused on the basketball and then they're like but did you notice the bear walk across the screen <laughs> and then you go back and you watch it and you're like what the fuck? <laughs> Perception is so weird. I'm going to have to find it and send it to you after this, Daniel, because it, it's going to freak you out. Right. It bothers me every time. Well, then we go and we see uh, Kotlevitz, uh, who I cannot stress enough, is not Dennis Miller in the 90s, uh, walking. He is. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he just, bears. This dude just saw Dennis Miller on SNL on the early nine, um, weekend update and was just like, yeah, just give me that to his barber. Uh, I can't judge because I said Clancy Brown was a Triple H knockoff. So, no, but I can't judge anybody for lookalike comparisons because I'm wrong. <laughs> well, he's walking Benton through the cochlear implant uh, surgery with the parents whose child that they are doing the implant surgery for today. 
uh, the, these parents have tried everything else before resorting to this. Uh, and our two parents here, Mrs. Shimahara, is played by actress Keiko Ajina, Agina. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her last name right, but uh, she appeared in stuff like Prodigal Son and recurring role on Gilmore Girls and Better Call Saul. And Mr. Shimahara here is played by actor Peter James Smith, who was in The West Wing, West World, and Never Have I Ever. Wait a minute. There's no way. There's no... Hold on. Well, folks, uh, <laughs> as we take this break while Daniel and I just... Nope, nope. We, we've broken Lauren for real. How's... Uh, that's, that's Lane Kim. That's, that's, uh, oh. that's Rory's best friend. So we've had Mrs. Kim and Lane on here. I didn't even recognize her. This is before Gilmore Girls, and I didn't even recognize her. Well, there you go. See? I'm I'm broken. Every, every I'm, once in I'm a while, sorry. I can still blow your mind. You definitely did. I Go ahead with the rest of the episode. I'm going to be over here thinking everything I know is a lie. Well, it's your, your part of... <laughs> Don't <I'm> care. <laughs> I can go, do it if you want. Go lies. on without me. It's fine. All right. Uh, well, nope, I got it. Okay. <laughs> so Carter takes Ruth down to the Riverwalk, which is so beautiful without the Trump Tower there. And he asks, how does it feel to have 100 birthdays? Expecting some beautiful, (laughs) poignant answer. She goes, downright appalling. Oh, man. I love her so much. Um, And she says, you know, oh, my, you know, the view used to be better. You know, my husband, blah, 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 working on these buildings. And he goes, oh, did he work in one of the skyscrapers? And she goes, no, he built a lot of them. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Biggest old lady Um, flex. Yep. And then he starts to tell her her his sad family shit and she tells him to shut up and it's she doesn't really say shut up but she's essentially like nope you don't get to complain we're not doing this you you're not doing this we get what we give in life and i was very fortunate you can be fortunate i don't need your sad shit i'm a hundred shut up <laughs> um it's much more sweet than that actually but it's, it's no the, i like that so much. Yeah, it's like the vibe the no, yeah it's the vibe I'm here for it uh and then Carol takes Andy's mom and her boyfriend over to Doug to be talked to about what's going on and everything. And they want to see Wilson because he was the last person to see Andy alive. And Carol wakes Wilson up to talk to them. And he immediately tells them, first thing out of his mouth is, I don't remember. Like, that's like when I get work calls and I'm like, what did I break? Just, just, I don't remember. Um, mom's boyfriend starts yelling at um, Wilson about them skipping school and that clearly, you know, he's gotten him in trouble. Something's wrong. And our the mom and the boyfriend here are both, oh, hey, it's that people. Uh, the mom here, played by actress Jeanette Goldstein, who is the other half of the couple from T2 that I mentioned earlier. Uh, she seems to be James Cameron's favorite character actress because she is in almost every one of his movies. She's in Aliens. She's in uh, Terminator 2, as I mentioned. Uh, and she was also in Titanic. Uh, so... Don't know what it is that he seems to like about her so much, but she's in almost all of his movies. Uh, and she will also appear in another ER episode uh, in uh, 2000. So not next year, but the year after. Uh, and the boyfriend here is played by actor Pat Skipper, who, um, Lauren, depending on how deep you got into X-Files, you may have seen him pop up. He plays uh, Scully's older brother, overprotective older brother. I don't know if I've gotten that far yet. Yeah, he pops up in general. I think it's about because you kind of fell off, uh, or or not fell off, but you you're kind of around the point of Scully's abduction, right? Yeah, I'm. She just got back. Okay, so shortly after where you're at now, uh, her family starts poking back around, and uh, yeah, he'll come in, guns blazing, uh, shaming Mulder, and telling him what a bad person he is. 
Yeah, so. her her family hasn't shown back up quite yet where I'm yeah. at. So you'll see a lot of him throughout the first few seasons of X-Files. He also appeared in the TV series Bosch and uh, Shameless. Yeah, we go back up to the surgical floor. Uh, Dennis Miller is telling Ben <laughs> he, can fit, he can fit in Reese for next Thursday. Uh, ben thinks... Ben thinks Reese is a little too young, but uh, it's okay because the FDA requirements were lowered and Kalowitz pushes because, you know, the faster you get this procedure done, the faster Reese will get acclimated to the hearing world. And Ben is watching the procedure as Kalowitz walks him through it. This squicked me out real bad. Yeah, I, yeah, I, think, it's, I think it's meant to because I think we're meant to like see it through Benton's eyes and Benton like sort of like envisioning his own child Mm -hmm. on the surgical Mm -hmm. table which we know Benton does not do well with yeah it's pretty squiggy if I'm being honest especially because they have to do that like they have to like shave part of the kid's head and then like do the little cut behind the ear thing it's like "Mm." no thank you I'm good so we come back to Wilson walking down the hall coming back from the bathroom Carol asking if something's wrong and Wilson confesses that I should have told the policemen they're gonna they're just gonna keep asking me, aren't they? Oh, Wilson, Wilson, Wilson. 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 We, we then cut to uh Mark and Amanda Lee crawling around in trauma one, looking for something, uh talking about a potential study for a new drug. She uh wants to have Mark uh head this one up since Carrie is doing the sternal saw study. Try saying that five times fast. Uh and turns out that the uh Thing they're looking for on the ground is one of Amanda Lee's earrings, which will be a little bit of a recurring thread throughout the rest of this episode. So are y'all ready for an M&M? Always. I love M&M's, Me but too. I mean the candy and also <laughs> these scenes, because these scenes are always good. So let's listen to Corday's. They were busy replenishing albuterol and mixing ipratropium. I was trying to help in an emergent situation. Were actually injected with magnesium? I did. Did you verify the dosage with the nursing staff? No. When did you realize your mistake? The patient went into respiratory arrest at 15.34, 14 minutes into the magnesium injection. Continue, Dr. Corday. Endotracheal intubation was performed. Heart rate dropped to 30. The patient received IV calcium and atropine. A transvenous pacing wire was placed, captured at 15.56 hours. Who was your supervising resident? Dr. Benton. Who left you unsupervised. Within minutes, she had the patient intubated and on a transvenous pacemaker. Because of her quick response, the patient recovered fully with no cardiac, respiratory, or neurological sequelae. I think it's important that we look at the outcome here. Thank you, Dr. Benton, but I'm not looking to you for defense of my actions. In fact, I feel that M&M has become a forum to place blame, cover up mistakes, or be grateful that there's not a lawsuit. I would argue that actually we should embrace our mistakes and learn from them to improve the system. I believe I made this mistake not because I was untrained or incompetent, but because I was exhausted having been up for 36 hours. If we really want to to cut down on our errors, why don't we, for example, allow on-call house officers to leave by 12 noon on the post-call day? Why don't we establish a night float system? Air traffic controllers work with aeroplanes four to six hours a day, no more than two hours without a break. Now, why? Because human life is at stake. Yet we allow surgical interns to work 36 hours without sleep. Why? Because we've all had to do it? Because the surgeons before us have had to do it? 
well, old school tradition may be wonderfully nostalgic, but it is clearly not in the best interests of our patients. Now, if you disagree with me, why don't you ask yourself next time you fly, do you really want that man in the control room to be on his 36th hour? You go, girl. I love Lizzie Corday so much. Go off, queen. I love how she just kind of pivots and is like, no, we're not doing this. Right? Like, just takes control of the whole room. And like, I'm not playing this game. Leave it to a woman to have to do the fucking hard work of changing an institutionalized uh, problem like this. And still nobody listening to her at the end of the day, which is disheartening. But, like, she nails this. Like, she kills this from every angle. Then we go over to the photo with Ruth and her family, and we see her nodding off in the nursery while they're taking some other pictures. And they walk in, and they say, oh, she's done it again. Wily mom, she's falling asleep again. Silly Ruth. Suddenly, she's not responding to Carter, and he panics and realizes something is wrong, and he calls for a gurney and a crash cart. Oh, no. Yeah. If I ever make it to a hundred... Just let me go. <laughs> that's enough. That's that's plenty. Thank you very much. And uh, Andy's mom comes back, says their clothes got mixed up. Uh, she has Wilson's sneakers and Andy's boots are missing. Uh, and Carol checks under the trauma gurney to get the boots and finds bullets in the bag of clothes. And uh, turns out Wilson is a is 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 a bit of a sociopath, as we'll hear in this next audio clip. Hey, Connie, I need to talk to Wilson. Could you give us a minute? Sure. Thanks. Wilson, wake up. Hey, Wilson. Your parents here? Nope, not yet. But I got to thinking, and. Uh, Andy was probably your best friend, right? Sometimes. Whenever your parents would go out of town on business, you'd stay over there? It's closer to school. We can ride our bikes. So you probably shared each other's toys? Maybe even coats, gloves, boots? Andy would never let me wear his boots. Kind of too small anyway. Mm. Remember when you were trying to take him off? Right. So if he never let you wear his boots, then how come you were wearing them when the paramedics brought you in here? Because they had a bet, and I won. A bet? To see who could ride faster from his house to the park. And I won. And whoever won got to wear the boots, right? Yeah, but he wouldn't give them to me. And I rode faster, and he knew it. He wasn't being fair. These yours or Andy's? Neither. They're my dad's. Wilson, did you put these into a gun? No, those are extras. I already had some in the gun. And when Andy didn't give you the boots, you pointed the gun at him? And you shot him? hurt him or anything just to scare him we had a bet and i won and it was fair and square you do know that you hurt him now though right look all i meant was to get the boots you can't go back on a bet that's not right andy knows that 
What did you do with the gun, Wilson? I dropped it down a drain pipe when I got on my bike. See, the thing is, none of this would have happened if that car hadn't hit me. Don't let me know when my parents get here, right? Yeah, Wilson, I'll let you know. Oh, Nurse Hathaway? Can you please not tell my dad I threw his gun away? He'll get really mad. Uh, the fact that there's no sinister music playing behind this—that <laughs> was exactly what I was thinking. Was the fact that they chose not to score this at all is perfect. Yeah. It's just, oh, uh, oh. I just want to say, called it. Yeah, yeah. Unsettling. I will say this kid's performance is excellent. I know. Like how matter-of-factly he says it all. It's like, no, you can't go back on a bet. Mm. So I shot him. Don't tell my dad I threw his gun away. Yeah, that's, that's obviously the most important thing here. Over boots, too. Feel... Like, what a strange thing for... He doesn't He doesn't feel remorse over hurting. He's just concerned about consequence. Ugh. And yeah, over boots. At least do it over something cool like a Nintendo. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah, yay. So, yeah. So good. Yikes. Wilson, what are you doing, my man? Wilson. <laughs> uh, that was what Andy said after he shot him. Uh, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, 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 I've made myself uh, sad. <laughs> so, yeah. So we go from there to the lounge where Carol is talking to the detective, uh, Amanda, and uh, Carrie about Wilson. And, uh, you know, the detective's like, what do you want me to do about it? No juvie for kids under 10. Like, basically just like, eh, you know. Which, I mean... I'm, I don't know how I feel about it, really. Like, I don't know what this kid needs, but besides intensive therapy, obviously. But, like, I don't know what the right call is here for a child of his age doing something like this. Like, Because if he's left unabated, he's going to kill the president or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to do for this kid. Wilson is, uh, he's a wee bit fucked up. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but we then see Carter working on Ruth while uh, Chuni bags her things. Uh, they they do a very good job here of making it look like she has died. Like they do a very good job of of setting it up here to where you think that Ruth has passed away, and he's going now to talk to the family to tell them just that. Uh, but turns out, psych, she choked on a hard candy. She's fine. <laughs> turns out she's asleep, also- just not dead. Also, big Lauren energy. Yeah. Yeah. She's fine. She's just asleep. It's no big deal. That's that's why we get Lauren the soft chew warlers. <laughs> I want the pumpkin spice ones so bad. Can we go back and get them? Fine. Thank you. I'm going to target on our lovely adventure this weekend. In case you forgot it was pumpkin spice season. Um, and so, yeah, he just tries to keep the family out of the trauma room so that she can get some sleep. Doesn't work. No. Well, but there's so many of them. I mean, they they just outnumber Carter, especially with his bum shoulder. But uh, Randy tells Amanda... That they couldn't find her earring, and she got the... Uh, this is... Okay, so this is our... I don't know if this is our first red flag, yeah, but... Yeah, this, this is the big yeah. one. This is our first big red flag. Uh, Amanda says she got her earrings from her ex-fiance, who died in a hor- freak horseback riding accident, and carried this entire time that Dr. Lee is weaving this story all around has no idea how to respond. 
Because it's just out of the blue. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, like, Carrie says, oh, those are nice. That's a nice earring. I'm sorry you lost the other one. And Amanda's like, yeah, it's actually a really sad story. And she just... And then just goes she, yeah, off. she just keeps adding layers to it, too. Every time you think she's told, like, the, the end of it, it, it gets... She adds another level onto it. This should be the clip for the episode. I think I tried to clip this one, and it was just a little too long. Like, it was... Sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to Instagram limits you to a minute. Plus, I feel like if if I go any longer than a minute, I'm tempting the copyright gods. But yeah, <laughs> that's it's fair. nothing's nothing's as good as the tag plucking the turkey <laughs> uh, clipped. Oh man, I'm sure we'll find something to maybe not even one up it, but to stand alongside it as the perfect clips. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there. Um, Amanda's horrifying. Not quite as horrifying as uh, Wilson, but getting there. Uh, so Benton is checking in on the little boy who got the cochlear implant, and he makes a call to Kotlovitz saying that he's going to postpone Reese's operation because he wants Reese to grow up a little bit more first. So good on Benton. We're going to see how this turns out, but for now, Reese will not be having surgery. Wilson then tells Carol that his parents called on the way from the airport because Dad has a phone in the car. Ooh, girl, you fancy. <laughs> he asks if Carol is mad at him. And she says, no, I'm sad about what happened to Andy. And Wilson just kind of looks around and goes, yeah, it would be so cool if he was in one of these other beds. And Carol asks if he knows what it means to be sad or to have done something wrong. And he just kind of stares blankly at her. And then the parents arrive. Carol goes to talk to them, but the detective got there first. Oof. Also, you know what I realized? We haven't marked this episode. What's that? We don't have a whose films are those. Ooh, very clean episode. It could have been in the trauma and I just missed it, but there's no glaring ones. Mm. And I also want to point out, uh, going back a scene, that uh, that little phone call to Kotlovitz there marks the final appearance of Dennis Miller slash Dr. Kotlovitz. We will never be seeing him again. Doklovitz? Doklovitz. What's next? Yeah, I got nothing. What's next? Um me reliving childhood memories of phone phones and cars um but (laughs) it's a very vivid memory of my dad of me accident not realizing i my foot was caught on the cord of while my dad was talking on the phone in the car and my dad like kind of like pulling at the thing pulling out the cord a little bit and me letting go of the cord and the phone hitting him in the in the side of the eye. Oh my god! And then him spending and then us spending the rest of the afternoon at the uh, um, at the local ER. <laughs> Make sure my dad could still see. It was a whole thing. Yeah, it was a white Chevy something. I don't remember what the anyway what it is. Anyway, let's uh, get back to the episode not in my childhood memories. Uh, Corday is waiting up on the surgical floor in deep thought. What are you waiting on a bus? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was on a bus going anywhere. Mm. Had to go with Hanspa. Mm, well, no crime, no punishment. Seems what I did wasn't terribly wrong, therefore no need to penalize me, therefore no need to examine a system that has served so many so well for so long. Yeah. They seem pretty shocked that you actually suggested it. As were you. Oh, well. Wouldn't have been my choice. Well, you and I never make the same choices, do we? No. Well, Peter, 
We could now. Come on, Peter, this should be over. I mean, some would argue that it already is. We haven't been alone together for weeks. I need to focus on my son right now. Look, we could both draw up a list of reasons why, but why don't we just put it down to faulty construction? A casual relationship has to grow into something or it dies. Well, it's not like I haven't wanted this thing to grow. It's just that I... I don't have it to give right now. I... Yeah, I understand that. Which is why I think maybe, um... We'd be better off as friends. And there it is, my friends. The end day. <laughs> the end day of Ben Day. The end day of Ben Day. I love that. While many, many, many of you are mourning the end of Ben Day, as it were, <laughs> in my brain, all that's playing right now is the gif of the gif of <laughs> of the those African guys that, uh, dancing around with a cat <laughs> with the casket on their shoulders. Uh, I'm so sad. This is. I mean, it, it's. Okay, I'm I'm not like devastated because I do like what they do with this uh pairing, you know, for the rest of their they, they don't spend a ton of time together on screen really. That these two characters very much kind of go their separate ways. Um obviously we know where Lizzie goes and Benton kind of goes off and has his own family drama to deal with and so there's not really a ton of overlap between Benton and Corday from here on out. And but the times that they're is overlap with them um is really really nice like they cultivate this really really nice really adult really mature uh just kind of companion friendship you know thing between the two of them where they are clearly equals they are clearly operating on the same plane of existence and there's you can still see too like there's a particular moment uh, at the very end of the show all the way up in season 15 where there's you can tell there's still a little spark of something there between the oh, two yeah. of them. Yeah. Like, I was just about to say, my headcanon is they get back together after all that. Well, technically, he's still with Cleo at the end of the show, so don't that, care. that would be yeah. weird. But They both marry their rebounds. It's fine. Don't care. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, I really like the, the way they cultivate that. And there's, a, there's actually a, a particular moment in season eight that I really love, mostly just because it's so um, blatantly obvious that there's no other character that she has this level of connection with other than Mark. Mm which Lizzie will no doubt talk ad nauseum about when we get there. But um, there's no other character that Corday cultivates this level of connection with other than Ben. De uh, other than, I almost said Ben Day. Um, <laughs> she cultivates this level of connection with other than Benton. Um, you could argue Romano a little bit, and, and they definitely have their moments, but like, there's a moment that comes in season eight where these two have to come back together, not romantically, but they have to kind of... Um, work with each other again and i love it so so much and it's just i don't know like i'm sad that it's over but i'm happy that it happened is that too sappy to say like no that's fair i'm just i'm i don't know how i feel about it event that we're coming up on uh, mark and lizzie now it still feels like it should be years away it does not feel like no. it's a matter of episodes we're and by the end of the season the feelings will be there if not if not they don't i don't think they have i'm not i forget that I forget if they have their first official date. I know by the end of the season, though, they'll be ditching each other's dates at Navy Pier. Yes. Here's here's what messes me up. 
we are closer to Luca and Abby as characters showing up than we are to Susan right now. Yep. Yes, we are. Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> and pretty soon, I mean, not sometime next season, I think, we'll be closer to Susan coming back than we will be to Susan leaving the first time. Yep. Again, folks, time has no meaning. Uh, but uh, So let's go into our last audio clip of the episode. Carol and Doug are talking while stocking the trauma room. Oh, now, you probably didn't know it, but we've been off work for 20 minutes. You get something to eat? A rosebud or Morton's, Johnny D's? Home, bathtub, bed. That's my girl. <laughs> I met them today, you know. Seemed like perfectly normal people. Father's a sales rep office supplies. Mother went to Dallas with him because she wanted to visit her favorite aunt. Wilson's parents? Thought they'd have to be monsters to raise a kid who could do something like that. Well, that would explain everything, wouldn't it? Parents beat the kid or they yell at him or starve him so he ends up killing his best friend. Then why did he do it? Stuff happens. An eight-year-old shoots another eight-year-old and you say stuff happens? better answer no no i don't i don't know maybe his genes are screwy or his parents seem nice but they ignore him i don't know he plays too many video games like every kid in america doesn't it bother you that there isn't any reason no it bothers me that you cared about him and you believed in him and now you feel betrayed i don't feel betrayed i feel scared i mean if you don't know what causes it how do you keep it from happening are we any different from that couple i mean they didn't see it coming would we see it coming you know you bring a child into this world and you think that they're helpless but actually i think it's us i think we're the ones that are helpless you probably are but and that's why you love them as much as you can and you teach them as best you can and then you wish him good luck. What do you say? Home, bath, bed. Why does every character in this episode have intense Lauren energy? <laughs> I know. Lauren is such a combination of Carol and Ruth Johnson in this episode. Home, also, home bath, bed. Also, in terms of you know, you don't really see it coming. We There's probably, like, some unexplored backstory where this kid is, like, drowning rabbits in the river near his <laughs> house or something. A, a listener comments on that. Oh, trust me. I, I peeked ahead at the listener responses this week. But, Someone brings that up. Oh, that's just boys being boys. Rambunctious little scamps. It's those darn video games. I did roll my eyes when Doug said he did, that. Yeah, that's such a 90s. He said it, he said it facetiously, but I do, I do love that he said it. This kid wouldn't have killed his friend if it wasn't for Grand Theft Auto. He's playing too much for damn, Mario. too much damn Mario. <sighs> Don't you know? Don't you know? Yeah, <laughs> Minnesota. Ugh. So yeah. But I'm just, I love, I'm, in, I'm loving and appreciating the sweet Doug and Carol moments while we still have them. Yeah, we are. So we are rapidly coming oof. up on Doug's departure, rounding the final corner. Like I think we have what. I think he's gone by 15. Four more episodes? So this is nine. So we have 10, Five? 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Six more. We have six more Doug episodes. Six more. Craziness. Absolute craziness. Man, um, how far we've come in 100 episodes. I'm telling you. 
We go from there out to Mark uh, asking Amanda Lee to grab drinks and dinner. Ooh, art imitating life. Spicy. Uh, tells Doug and Carol that he's going to catch up on some paperwork. And we see uh, Doyle coming in, talking about the snow. We don't get any rain mentions this episode, but we do get several snow mentions. Uh, a guy pulls up. His wife is having a baby, but she's not due for two more weeks. Uh, she <laughs> she does smack Doug uh, for trying to check her out in the car to see how far along she is. And he's like, ma'am, I'm a doctor. I'm the doctor. <laughs> ma'am, I just want to see your vagina. It was, okay. It was a very funny That's, little. I mean, it's a fair reaction from her. Very, she doesn't know. Very funny little take, though. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, and it turns out this is Gilda from earlier in the episode, the, the yep. daughter of Ruth Johnson, or the granddaughter, I think, of of Ruth uh, Johnson. Yes. And um, Doug and Carol are helping with the delivery uh, in the trauma room with Mark. And uh, Gilda wants to name her after Ruth if it's a girl. And it's, of course, a beautiful baby girl. And you can just see Carol is in love with the baby right away. It's very like, it's a very like them wanting you to get this idea of Doug and Carol as parents in your head, like, which is a bold choice to make knowing that you have six episodes left with Clooney, like, and and you've got at least another season with her. It's like, okay, we're going, we're committed to this road here. I also love that. Um, when they were like, we're two weeks left, two weeks left. Doug was like, they lied. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also question like how, like, the timing because the whole family was there not that long ago. Like how did she have time to leave and then find her husband and then dro- have to drive all the way back? It was just like, and, and also too, they, they probably weren't too far away. Yeah. They don't, but they, they'd probably maybe just left. Maybe. Yeah. But they also don't make it terribly clear either earlier in the episode that she's pregnant. Like, yeah, she does. She's not showing that much. Yeah. So definitely not like two weeks away from delivering kind of pregnant, but and of course, Carol has to win the episode. Says the name. Says the title of the episode. Wins the episode. Good luck, Ruth Johnson. As we fade to black. I think it's an eight out of ten for me. Yeah. Yeah. Perfectly good. Nothing inherently wrong with it. Just a bit too dense. I think. I think you could have separated out one, taken out one or two of the minor storylines, and if what episode would have flowed better. But there's nothing inherently wrong with the content that's there. Yeah. I give it a nine perfect spooky (laughs) October episode with this horrifying child. This is my shit. I couldn't care less about last episode. I love this. If we could have subbed out something for the E-Ray, I totally would have. This would have been a a nine or 9.5 out of 10. But I'm not talking about what could have been. I'm talking about what was and what was. This is my brand of trash. I can definitely see why they had to cut stuff for time because this is, this is a very dense episode. They pack a lot of stuff into this. And uh, like Lizzie said, nothing is inherently bad or, or, you know, needs to go and everything works well enough. Like there's nothing, this is not one that I have a ready made explanation of like, here's how you could fix it. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's perfectly well done. And, and no one thread I think um, has a glaring problem or, or stands out. And also too, what I like is that they did just, they, they, they did such a good job of like towing that line of like giving you little like uh wink and a nod things and little like, um, you know, tributes to things that have come in the hundred episodes, uh, things that have come and gone over the last hundred episodes. And, but they didn't like beat you over the head with it. Because with a concept like the hospital's 100th anniversary for the 100th episode, they could have really gone over the top with that and just beat you over the head with it. And I'm glad they didn't. They mentioned it a few times. We knew it was a thing. But it wasn't 
omnipresent. It wasn't always in our face, and they let they let it breathe a little bit. And so I think overall, I think it works. It's a, and I think the the listener responses kind of reflect that. Most of the listener responses were like, "Yeah, it was a good episode. It was, it was yeah. a good episode, but I don't have much to say about it." Yeah, and before we beat its death in the listener responses, I would like to take this opportunity to say thank you all so so much, both my co-hosts and carly and jake and everyone who has made this show possible for the last drew angela everyone who's made that these these episodes possible over the last hundred things this is i never thought that this podcast would ever actually get off the ground much less have 47 i think it's 47 or 48 people supporting us on patreon yeah at this point we were so excited when we hit 50 downloads yeah and the fact that we just had our just had our best month ever for listenership just it warms my heart it genuinely warms my heart and from the bottom of my heart every single one of you we wouldn't be here without you like i think if we had stayed at season one listenership numbers we i might have been very much demotivated to <laughs> do the entire series but the way we're trending i will be happy to sit with these idiots for another 10 and a half seasons well i'm telling you right now you're stuck with me a lot longer than that since you're marrying yeah. me well yeah that's that's a whole that's a thing maybe we'll, maybe we'll be married by the time we're done with that who knows by the time we're done with this podcast um that's capitalism's a nightmare but anyway i'm being i'm being sweet thank you if either two of you would like to say anything, I leave the floor open to you. No, Lizzie said it nicer than I could have. Thank you all. Um, I'm always happy to be your Midwest podcast mom. I appreciate the good fun we all have. I love getting outreach from everybody. It's always really sweet when we hear that, you know, we make somebody's Thursday and that we're a part of somebody's routine. And I, I saw a listener, I think I commented on this last week, but I saw a listener refer to us as our hosts. <laughs> and to think, to think that, like, People are looking at us the same way we look at our favorite podcast hosts. It's unreal to me. Yeah, that, and it just yeah, it means right? it means a lot that we can be, you know, those friendly voices in your ear once a week to help you get through your week. We're someone's Diana Goodman. I don't think we're that great, but <laughs> that's that's a know. high bar to, to reach. Fine, we're someone's Chris Antonio. <laughs> Maybe it's a lower bar. Yeah, but yeah, it's just I, I really appreciate it, you guys. All the love and support and outreach you do. We have a great community, and the fact that I can even say that is insane. Yeah, that we have a community is so weird to me. I didn't think anyone would pay attention to us at all. Holy shit, we have so many people on Instagram and Twitter and everywhere. Just. Jesus Christ, people. I had some peeps on the Discord actually asking me if I promised not to sue them for quoting us in the Discord. <laughs> I was like, I promise you I will not. It's it's fine. I'm not going to get Jake Terrell involved in this. Yeah, so. I, I have to give tremendous kudos to the community for, for just being, you know, it's, we, we complain about this a lot privately of, you know, how disappointing fandoms in general can be, but especially the ER fandom sometimes can be a little disappointing with how it treats its particularly female characters sometimes minority characters and i will say that by and large the people that we come in contact with through stt whether it be on instagram or in the facebook group or you know wherever 99.9 percent of the interactions we have are so positive and so engaging and so like they want to think about the show on a deeper level than just i don't like this character and i don't want it they, like they 
they want to examine it with us on that 2020 list. Yeah, it, that we, that it, we, it, it, they, they want to, you know, look a little bit deeper than just surface level. And it's just, it, it's not always about the hot white person ending up with the other hot white person. And like, that that's the thing, like, you know, I don't know. So I'm just, I'm very proud of the community we've been able to, to cultivate. I, I echo everything both you, uh, the, the, both of you have already said, um, I think it's super cool and super fortuitous that our hundredth uh, episode is actually dropping the day before our two year anniversary of when the first episode went up. So I think that's super cool. I don't know how we managed to get away with that. I don't know how we planned that out. Uh, we did not. We didn't, but um, I just think that's a really cool bit of, you know, synergy uh, there. Um, and, and just to think how far we've come, not only like in terms of listenership and in terms of um, friendship. friendship and, and but, but like just, you know, Go back and listen to that first episode, and it is rough. No, nope. <laughs> like no, don't actually. I mean, don't. you know, but there is something to be said for growth. It's like going back and looking at your high school pictures. Is it fun? No, but it, it's it is a part of you, and it's a part of your story. And you know, we don't do. I mean, I had to go back through. I was doing um some you know you know me some stupid side project I was doing at some point, and I had to go back and look. At, and I was just shocked at how far our notes had come since season one. Like our notes were a hot mess and like we hadn't it was, we hadn't figured out how to do that yet and we were like it was i think it was the whipple quote you were looking for maybe that's what it was yeah maybe. yeah yeah but like we were we we were highlighting stuff in weird colors and we were like not quite sure how to do all this and, and then we added things in. i mean we're, we're constantly adding things in as we go and just i don't know i'm just very proud of us and i'm very proud of everything that that we've been able to to do over the last two years slash 100 episodes and speaking of which if you're listening to this on the day that it drops the thursday that it drops uh come hang out with us in the facebook group this sunday the 17th i still haven't figured out a time yet probably should do that uh you 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 probably should because uh i made plans with a friend and he may guest star with me for a little that's bit of fine. It because we the, have we have a twin peaks marathon later the that day, more so. the merrier i'm doing a. Uh, I'm I'm putting it all on myself. Nobody else has to join me if they don't want to. Oh, but, I'll be there. Um, I'm doing like a little trivia thing in the Facebook group. It'll be like Trivial Pursuit style, so no Jeopardy categories to worry about. Uh, it'll be a, hopefully a little bit smoother than when we did the live thing around the ER reunion. Um, but yeah, I'm going to do that. And I have some very limited, and when I say limited, I mean like less than 10, uh, 100th <sighs> episode commemorative stickers that we will send out to uh, like the top scoring people in the trivia thing. I don't know. I haven't decided how that's going to work yet, but um, keep, keep your eyes peeled on the social medias for when I come up with a time and uh, join us, come have fun. And who knows, we have so many extras of the other stickers that maybe there'll be a few participation ones just going out. Yeah. So we'll see. So should we do listener responses now, gang? Yes. Okay. So first off we have at the full-time dad, he says, so here goes. First, happy hundredth to the crew. The three of you have done such a great job capturing the nostalgia while taking a look at the show through a modern lens, something that is easier said than done. Now, to the episode. So much foreshadowing in this episode, from the pain management study that becomes Doug's undoing to the subtle white lies that Amanda Lee tells to the final scene of baby Ruth being born, ER is subliminally laying down the tracks for Amanda's insanity and Doug's exit. And looking at it 22 years later, how did we not see the post-departure pregnancy coming? They all but screamed it at us. 
That wait, wait, that was a shock to people. I guess so. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. Uh, people who were watching live confirm this for us because we are all too young to remember. And goes on to say, and of course, the cordial yet soul-crushing end of Ben Day, such a revolutionary romance fizzled out before we really got the chance to enjoy it and savor it. I like their transition in season five to a lasting friendship, but I am firmly in the camp that feels both Peter and Elizabeth married their rebounds. <sighs> like I said. <laughs> yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> You're in the minority. KDH says, I really honestly expected her to die at the end of this episode. That's it. That's all I have for this one. Sorry to disappoint, Lauren. It's okay. I commented on it on Facebook. I forgive you for this one. Uh, Jen T says, I like this episode a lot. That's all I've got. But also just want to say that I love you guys and it's been so fun listening to you. I love the angle you're exploring the show from and the regular shout outs about my love of Luca and Abby always makes me smile. Of course, because we know that you'll hurt us if we don't. Because <laughs> you, are, you are the biggest Luca and Abby stan, and we must acknowledge your presence. We'll get there soon. Steve A says, Ah, the choice to play the slowed-down piano version of the theme during the delivery was a maestro Oh, yeah, touch. we didn't talk about that, but yeah, that was a definite yeah. nice nice touch there, Martin. It was. I noticed, I noticed like, the, the music, but I couldn't quite place what was not off about it that's the wrong word but how they had done it differently so thank you for calling that out because i noticed it and forgot to put it in the notes uh franner w says the fluffy ruth johnson storyline versus the actual psychopath child who probably tortures neighborhood cats in his spare time is quite the emotional roller coaster add the demise of ben day into the mix and this that is just about me done (laughs) carly m says i don't have much to say about this episode but Happy 100th episode. You guys are amazing. So grateful to be a part of your guys' team. Thank you for all you have done. Can't wait to see what else comes for you guys. This feels like I'm reading my yearbook signatures, and I love it. (laughs) Hags. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that in forever. Um, Going back over to the Twitterverse now, at SMB for the win says, This is the fourth awkward attempt on Romano's part to get Lizzie's attention. I about die laughing at the hair sniff every time. Thank you for noting that. I also forgot to put that little touch in the notes. Um, Really enjoy how McCrane plays a character with enough confidence to call himself Rocket, yet he can't manage an interaction with Elizabeth without being a combination of trying too hard and an ass. I can't help but wish for him to finally learn how to have an appropriate interaction with Elizabeth so they could just team up to harass Season 5 Dale. (laughs) Fight the real enemy. At Baker Basic says, holy heck, this is a packed episode. I guess to start, I absolutely love Ruth, even at 100. She's just so alive. I just really like that whole story with her and Carter throughout the episode. And my God, we're already here, Amanda Lee. I'm going to save my thoughts for a future episode with her. I only think that's fair. Carol's story just makes me go, what? He's a kid. Like genuinely distressed me the first time and continues to. I feel bad for Elizabeth this episode, though when she sees Carter in the elevator with all that family and says, Carter, don't ask. Elizabeth, I won't, but it's the highlight of my week. Makes me smile. Seriously, she had been on for so long and because of that made a mistake because she couldn't work properly. I think this is where her and Benton end things. I do like them together, but I really think they have an adorable friendship the rest of Peter's time on the show. I also can understand Peter being conflicted about Reese and the cochlear implant when observing the surgery. He's just a scared dad who doesn't know what to do. My lord, this is a packed episode. If I missed anything, I swear. Now on to my STT memories. I found this while y'all were in the middle of season four and I just fell in love. I listened to what you guys had done of four 
and went back and listened to the rest, and, well, it just brought me joy. I wasn't in a great place, so finding a show where people geek out and love a show that I love really helped. I just love hearing all the opinions and facts and pedantic things, and I always love putting my putting in my thoughts. Every Thursday, I get so excited because I genuinely have something to look forward to in the day. No matter how hard the day is, there's always something fun. Like the one episode that had me make a meme for you guys in a Staples. <laughs> Seriously, you guys, this show has really brightened my Thursdays and just on days when I have no reason to smile. I'm so sorry this was so long. I just had a lot of thoughts, all caps, with asterisks around it. Really, though, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Y'all are weird for liking us. <laughs> I mean, we all like each other, so why wouldn't they? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not weird as well. I'm just saying they're, these people are weird for We found us. our weirdos, so thank you all. All right. Yeah. Thank you. That was. I need a. I need an ice water after that one. God. <laughs> you always need an ice water. That's your secret. I'm always hot and sleepy. There you go. Well, for the 100th time, thank you all very much for listening today. We really appreciate it. This show is brought to you in part by our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Setting the Tone Podcast. For only one dollar a month, you can get access to our show notes each week. For only $5 a month, you can get a free sticker featuring our favorite desk clerk, Jerry. Two-week early access to all of our cast and crew interviews. Or in over 20 hours and growing of bonus audio and video content, including the full season recap episodes. A bonus show called The Lounge, where we talk about whatever's going on for us in our lives and in the world at that moment. Movie reviews, where we talk about a movie featuring an ER cast member. And flash forwards, where we do a commentary track for future ER episodes. We would also appreciate it if you would follow us on our social media accounts. We are at SetTheToneER on Twitter. We are on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, And we are at Podcast on Instagram. Also, be sure to check out the official Saying the Tone community on Facebook. Our theme music is provided to us by Andrew M. Edwards and Daniel. Where can folks find you at? You can find me on Instagram at dan.u. That is y-o-u dot e-l. And like Lizzie said, on the Patreon this month, we're trying to get something out every single Sunday. So a new episode of The Lounge, a brand new movie review that's not really a movie, but it's me and Lizzie talking about Doctor <laughs> Who for an hour and a half. Uh, gosh, what else? Whose Fixer Those is coming. Yeah. Um, more stuff that we haven't quite planned yet because we're recording this in advance. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. And then the usual popular court stuff, because I have to name drop Jake on every episode for the hundredth time. My co-host Jake Terrell on the popular courts where we uh, used to sometimes maybe still do, who knows, uh, put a <laughs> pop culture topic each episode through a little mock trial. That's how long we've been around. I know. Wait, I know. We going back and listening to some of those ancient <laughs> episodes, like doing these best ofs, like going back and listening to some of those ancient episodes. And I'm like, man, I'm still plugging like current TPC stuff yep. where I'm like, holy shit. Like, guys, we've been doing then, we've been doing this a while. And then law school killed Jake to where he only had time to do YouTube videos. And you just yep. absorbed yourself in STT. Yeah. Now he's growing his, his hotshot lawyer empire. Yep. So, Lauren, where can folks find you at? Uh, folks can find me back real strong on my Animal Crossing bullshit on my personal Twitter at lowbob92345. Brewster's coming. I'm never I'm never going to hear the end of it. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter. I am at randomgamer. That's JM3R. As well as on the Popular Quartz YouTube channel doing a Let's Play of Mass Effect 2. God, I love that game. New episodes of that are out every Friday, and those, you can find those videos and much, much more, including Daniel playing his way through every Legend of Zelda game, hey. every 3D Legend of Zelda game. Daniel losing his mind on those makes my day. <laughs> yeah, if, if you hate the if you hate the video game Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, 
go watch those videos because <laughs> Daniel just brings the energy. Uh, you can find those those videos and much, much more at youtube.com slash court. And thanks again, everyone, very much for listening. Please join us again next time for episode 101 and hopefully for all the rest of them as well. We'll see you next time. Well said. Well said. Well said.